0: Peter Skaronsky is an NFL draft prospect from Northwestern University. He is one of the top prospects in this year's upcoming draft and is a projected first-round pick, with many mock drafts slotting him to go in the top 10. At Northwestern, Peter was named to the All-Big Ten second team during his freshman and sophomore years and was a first-team All-Conference selection, as well as named Offensive Alignment of the Year during his junior year. In high school, he was also ranked a five-star recruiting prospect by multiple recruiting services. In this episode, we talked about Peter's feelings going into the draft, where his self-belief comes from, overcoming imposter syndrome, his grandfather's legacy, and much, much more. If you want to skip ahead to a particular part in this episode, the timestamps are linked in the show notes below, alongside all of Peter's links. Without further ado... Let's jump right into the episode. Pete Skoronsky. how are we doing today, man?
1: Great, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, thank you for taking the time. I'm sure you're busy as hell right now prepping for the draft and that gets right into the first question I want to ask you. So. Draft is coming up a couple weeks, April 27th. How are you feeling right now?
1: I'm feeling good. I'm ready to get it kind of over with, I think. Um, I just like, there's so much like waiting and so much like uncertainty. I'm just kind of ready to, you know, find out where I'm going and get started. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so sort of tired of like being in limbo like this, not really having a team and stuff like that. So I just want to have it all done with. And April 27th can't be here soon enough, I guess.
0: Yeah, I can imagine the waiting game and the anxiety building up to this moment is just unreal because every kid growing up, like, your dream is to hear your name called on the NFL draft night and, like, knowing that's coming in a few weeks, that's just got to be unreal. But in these couple weeks leading
1: up to it, like, what is your day-to-day looking like, like, prepping for this? Yeah, so I'm done with, like, the combine training stuff, so I'm not trying to run a 40 anymore. Like, I'm not doing the pro shuttle or the broad or anything like that. Um, So I'm just trying to become a better football player, basically. And so I usually am lifting like from 9 to noon-ish, more than 9 to 11. um, Kind of getting all my lifting done then. And then a few times a week I'm going and doing speed work um, in the area too. uh, Or I guess more agility position type speed work. Um, And then – Got it. And are you still in Evanston right now? Yeah, I'm still living on campus. um, Just living in my apartment, you know while i yeah. for this to all go down. But yeah, I just basically just spend my days working out right now. I'm not going to be able to be in school right now, especially with the draft and minicamp and stuff like that. So that's sort of on pause for now. I'm just working out and trying, trying to hopefully survive in the NFL next year. So, Fuck yeah. Dude, I have
0: no doubts that you're going to kill it. And I'm sure having that full-time commitment now to like just work on your craft and just work on football has been such a mental mentally freeing thing for you because obviously we're doing much different things now, but like for me to be able to fully focus on writing and podcasting, like it has freed up so much mental space. And like, I, I wanted to ask you about that because in college, like juggling a big 10 football team, starting on a big 10 football team and then a top 10 school academically, like, was that a challenge for you? And like, how did you manage that? Um
1: yeah, Looking back, I don't know if that was like super, super, I don't know if I'd say it was like a challenge, but like you just were always kind of busy. You know what I mean? Like it was like waking up, like going to workouts and you had to go to class and then you had to go to the next class and then do this assignment and then you had to watch film and then you had to go back for a meeting or something like you didn't really have any time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you had to balance it, but like you just and it wasn't hard to balance it, but you just like you never really had any time to yourself. And I think in this process, like you're just doing the workout aspect of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you kind of get to like devote a little more energy to that. You know what I mean? Like, you really get to like, like you said, you really can just like sort of dive into it. It's really freeing because you're not thinking about having to go to class or get this paper done. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I think I'm really enjoying it. Like, obviously, I'm going to get my degree, but I don't really miss school at all. Um, It's like, it's so nice to just focus on football and like being a better player hundred percent. And is that
0: something like your parents are like, you should definitely be like trying to go back and get the degree or is that more so coming from
1: you? No, I mean, they're definitely on me. Plus like, you know, I went to Northwestern, like I'm not going to walk away without a degree. If I, I put two and a half years in here already, I'm not going to like, I'm, I think I'm only a few classes away anyway. So like I would say, I want to go back and get that. My parents are definitely on me about that too, getting it done sooner than later, but no, I have no doubt in my mind I'll do it. I'm just kind of enjoying this time of not having to do it right now. Um, Like I said, very yeah. free.
0: Yeah, maybe after the fifteen-year, twenty-year NFL career, then, Hopefully. then you'll come back to it. But <laughs> no, that'd be sweet. Um, yeah, but getting back into like a little bit of the combine training. So I'm curious, like, what was your workout schedule looking like leading up to this? Like, how many days are you working out? Like, what is your recovery, eating, all this stuff looking like?
1: Um, for combine specifically, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So combine, I was actually like at a training facility in uh frisco texas so that's like pretty common people do people will go like a specific facility for that um i was actually training with like an o-line specific trainer but it was still a lot of combat work obviously um and i was with a bunch of offensive linemen too which i liked but so like we would generally it was almost like almost like kind of having three days uh but it, it wasn't that intense i'd say like we would lift in the morning either at 6 a.m or 8 a.m um we do like O-line skill work, which is sort of something specific to maybe our facility than other facilities. But O-line skill work like 10, 30, 11, 30, and then like specific combine speed work. So like one day like we work like straight line speed or starts, and then other days would be like lateral agility, like five ten five, three counts stuff like that. Um, so kind of all encompassing with like strength, speed, and skill. And then we'd have other sessions like recovery and like. We'd have yoga twice a week and we have a massage once a week. And you know, like all our nutrition was taken care of. Like we had every single meal given to us. Um, which I, I, I really, really enjoyed that whole process of like having everything under control. You know what I mean? Like, cause I, I love working out, but like you have to be really disciplined a lot with a lot of times with training. Um, and with this like facility and this process, like everything was sort of taken care of in terms of like eating and recovery and training. So like, you just had to be there and you, you know, you were going to get tons of results, which I really liked.
0: Yeah, and then once you get into the NFL, or get into the league, like, is it more of the same, where everything's given to you, like it's really structured, and they're helping you along everything, or is it more so like, okay, you're like a pro, like you're a grown man, like it's more so up to you now. Yeah.
1: During the season, a little more structured, um, but just because you're doing football all the time, I mean, you've been in season during college, like you know how it is, like just practice and meetings and stuff. Off season is different, like from your last game until like middle of april you just you're on your own like you have to train yourself you have to find somewhere to train or something like that like no one's holding your hand from your team doing that um and then even like there will be like team workouts that start up usually like mid april but you don't have to go to those i don't think um so even then like you could still be on your own with stuff like that so definitely there's it's a lot, a lot more freedom and flexibility in terms of like your training in the off season, um, which I kind of, I'm looking forward to personally, but um, no, it's not as structured as the college system was with all that.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. And I feel like those off season times in the NFL, like that's where the real pros come out. Like that's where people are really getting dialed in. that's where people really start to separate themselves and, just given from when I've known you in college and like your habits and your structure, like it seems like you're somebody who's able to stay like super focused, um, and block out the distraction. So I'm curious, like in college at all, cause that can be a distraction for a lot of college athletes. And I definitely felt this myself. Like there's parties going on, there's girls, there's always things happening. Like how were you able to stay focused on this vision and this goal throughout all that process.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the nice thing about college that there is a little more structure. So like in college, you don't really have the option to go out on a Thursday night. You know what I mean? Or yeah. even really like a Friday night, honestly. It's um, so like that sort of takes away some of those distractions um, on its own. And, you know, I was never the someone who went on my, out of my way to party like that in general anyways. But yeah, I think it's just, it's just sort of, reminding yourself sort of what needs to go in, you know, reminding yourself of your performance in the field and what you need to do better and just like constant being in constant pursuit of being a better player um, and sort of knowing what it takes to to execute that. And I think, you know, one of our core values at Northwestern was an investment, which I would, you know, you say it's consistent hard work over time. And I think that's something I always pride myself on was like, you know, maybe like every not everything is – a super hard workout that you post on social media or, you know, like the hardest practice you've ever had or like a cool drill, but like just constantly putting in the hours and the little things, you know what I mean? Just sort of day in, day out from January to August before the season starts. So I always sort of pride myself on being someone who like just consistently did those things, you know what I mean? And, and with that, you sort of had to put aside, you know, like the going out on a Friday and a Saturday um, or, you know, drinking a ton one night or something like that. So you just have to remember, like, you just kind of have to have a value like that that you can stick to. And, and for me, that's what that was.
0: Makes sense. And given from what I've seen from you, like, you're not somebody who's super flashy on social media. You're not somebody who's flaunting and and posting all this stuff all the time. You're not somebody that's going out and partying and all this. And I'm curious, like, where that stems from? Has it always been that way? Have you always been just more a little bit of of a private person?
1: Yeah, know. I think, you know, I think that's kind of just how my family always was. Like, we were always pretty, like, chill and not necessarily, like, searching out attention and stuff like that. And, you know, sort of when my grandfather played in the NFL, obviously this was a long time ago, but he played on some pretty successful teams. And that was always just sort of his mentality. Like, he wasn't really going to go out there and put himself out there and market himself. You know what I mean? Like, he was just going to do his job, and that was it. Um and we've always like, – kind of one of our family vibes just sort of letting your actions speak for what you do and not, you know, being flashy like that. And I always thought it was just kind of a bad look to be someone who is always putting stuff out there and posting this and posting that, especially in the world of sports too, um, where it really, really matters what you do on the field more than anything, you know what I mean? So I think it's just being someone who lets, you know, lets your play and what you do on the field speak for itself and whatever – happens when that happens but not being someone who's just gonna try to like you know pretend to be someone else on social media or you know look kind of confident and arrogant on the, on social media so that's just never better been really me
0: i love that and i feel like it's so against the grain of like most of our generation because growing up like at least for me, I'm like looking at all these big time players in the NFL on Instagram. And I'm just like, I'm trying to be like them. And I want to post and I used to post a bunch on Instagram in like high school and stuff from sports. And I remember like, you were this five star recruit and every other five star recruit that I saw, like had these huge Instagrams and like they were just verified by 24 seven and all these things, but you seem to stay away from it. Um, which I find like super commendable. Yeah. Um,
1: um, you know, I, I was, you no, know, I still post on Instagram, stuff like that. Like I'm not like totally yeah, yeah. Uh, off the grid. So like, there's nothing wrong with it like in itself, but I think a lot of those people, like I, I sort of question, Um, this has to do with why I don't post a lot. But, like I sort of question like, so what are you really doing this for? Are you doing it because you like to be a great football player or are you doing it because you like social media attention and looking cool? Like mm. to me that it shows like sort of skewed priorities if that's, if that's like what you like, someone who does that sort of prides himself on you know what I mean, like that's sort of why Completely. I always avoided it. And I'm not, not not saying that you were doing that in high school or anything, but um,
0: <laughs> but you know, there
1: there are people out there who are like that, like you just talked about, who are always posting graphics and edits and stuff like that and bragging about their accomplishments. So like, are you about football or are you about social media? That's kind of how I approach it.
0: Yeah, I think it's a super valid mindset, and like, if you're somebody who is just. Loves the game, you don't really need that external validation. Like it's intrinsic. You have that intrinsic motivation and drive to be great. And that's probably something that's been in you your whole life. And obviously, given your grandfather was on the Packers and was Bart Starr's left tackle, you grew up in that environment. And given that you saw somebody in your life who achieved like these great things, did that show you when you were a kid, like, I can do this too? Like, was that self-belief always there? Uh,
1: I don't know if necessarily it was like that because, you know, it's kind of a high bar to, like, win five NFL championships like they did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it was just – I don't know if it was a belief that, like, hey, I'm going to do this, but it was more like, hey, I really want to do – I would say it was more motivating than it was, than it was, like, in terms of, like, giving me confidence, you know what I mean? Like, it was more someone I wanted to aspire to than – something I knew I could do, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and obviously every kid when they're growing up, like that plays football, including myself, like you have that vision, that dream of being in the NFL, but it's really just that. It's really just a dream. For you, now that it's inevitable, like it's 20, 25 days away, like when was the turning point in your life where it went from like, yeah, football is something that I really like and it's cool, to like, whoa, like this could actually like be real?
1: Um. You know, I think in high school, I think sort of when I started getting recruited in high school, getting recruited in high school, I think I sort of knew that, like, yeah, I'll definitely have an opportunity to play at the college level for sure. And then from there, it's just like, are you good enough to play in the NFL? So I think in in college was in high school when I started getting recruited is when I sort of like really, really started to get passionate about football and and sort of sort of dedicating myself to improving improve my game and stuff like that. Um, so I think that's sort of where I got that uh, – where I sort of flipped that switch in terms of, like, being driven to be a better player, in my opinion. I think – not that I didn't dream of being in the NFL because, of course, I did, but I think a, a big thing – it goes back to what I said about social media. A big thing about, like, being able to realize this dream of doing it is, like, you know, there everyone wants to be in the NFL, but, like, do you want to be in the NFL or do you want to be a great player who's good enough to be in the NFL? Some like you know what I mean. Like, do you want to be the, do you want to be a great player and do it, or do you just want to have like the status of being in the NFL? You know I mean, I think what's helped me was like I always just want to be the best player possible, and that's what that's what's going to get me to the next level. You know what I mean? Instead of just oh, I want to be in the NFL, it's all about just sort of like yeah. you are. Are you good enough actually? So I think that's sort of that mentality that I had since high school, um, and it's helped me to today.
0: Yeah. And jumping up to those next levels, like whether it's in sports or business or anything, it can be such a scary thing at first. Like I even know for me coming into college football, like even just practicing, I experienced like major imposter syndrome of like, am I supposed to be here? Like, am I good enough? Like these guys are all insane. And I know for you, like you started your first college game at left tackle in the big 10. Like, and I'm sure it'll be much of the same come this NFL season. So how did you overcome like that mental hurdle? And like going into that first game, like what kind of thoughts were going through your head at that time in college?
1: Yeah, I mean, should I still have imposter syndrome now? I think that's something that a lot of offensive linemen have. But just like I think any athlete who's worth the shit like has imposter syndrome, you know what I mean? Um, so I, especially before that game, I was like, am I really – like? My biggest goal my freshman year was just sort of like to prove I belonged. you know what I mean? I wasn't like, oh, I want to be all Big Ten or I want to, you know, get this award. Like, I just want to prove that I could do it. Um, and I think that was really my mentality in that going into that game. I was like, okay, I just want to like show that I belong here and that I can do this. Um, and I honestly kind of have the same feeling going into the NFL. Like, not worried about, oh, get to the Pro Bowl, do stuff like that, you know what I mean? I just, like, I want to show that I can play offensive line in the NFL um, and just prove that I belong there. So that was really – that was definitely what was going through my mind then.
0: Dude, it's so inspiring and, like, exciting to hear that because for me, like, starting this podcast, for example, it's it's a much lesser scale. But anyways, the point is, like, I had major imposter syndrome starting this podcast. I still feel it. Like anybody who tries anything new, you're inevitably going to have imposter syndrome. And when you level up along the way, it's almost a good thing, right? Because you obviously have to feel like a fraud in some aspects, like when you try to reach these new levels and then you get adjusted to it. So for you, like starting in college, like that first game, like did it click instantly? Like, okay, like this is, I'm good. Or did it take a couple games to warm up to that feeling of, okay, like I'm actually one of the best players on the field?
1: Yeah. um, You know, I think first of all, like actual imposters don't feel imposter syndrome. So like if you're feeling it, you know, you know that you have a good grasp on where you're at at least. You know what I mean? So like, you know, you have the right mentality in my opinion, although it may be kind of a negative thought. Like people who are actually faking it don't feel that. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. So I think – no, I think it was really like – Literally, like that first game, like you remember, we kicked Maryland's ass that first week. Um, and we had some great drives on offense. And I just, even that game itself, I was like, okay, yeah, I can hang here. Like, you know what I mean? Doesn't mean that I was like kicking everybody's ass or I was having a great rep every rep, but it was just sort of like reassuring that I could, like, you know, we do I did well enough. So it was reassuring that, like, hey, I could do it. Um, and that was sort of all I needed, like the confidence to survive.
0: Yeah. And that confidence aspect is so interesting because people think they're just going to be confident in whatever they do before they even start. But like in reality, action precedes confidence. And then you can look back and be like, okay, yeah, I did this. I am this person. I did start a game at left tackle in the big 10 as a 18, 19 year old freshman. Like I am like this. So it's super exciting to see Um, going forward, like into, into the NFL, like, what are you most looking forward to about the process and about this next step?
1: I think, um, you know, obviously we've had some tough years in Northwestern, so I think, like, being part of, like, a great team, like, a, not to disrespect Northwestern, but, like, you know what I mean, like, win some games, stuff like that, first of all. I think I think I'm really looking forward to that aspect of, like, just sort of like becoming a great player, if that makes sense, like sort of working towards a goal of like shutting down a great edge rusher and like having a great game against them and then doing your part for your team. Um, it, it would just be cool to like sort of show your skills in the NFL and develop your skills to become a, to become a formidable player. Um, so I'm looking to sort of, I guess generally what I'm saying is sort of like establishing myself as a player in the NFL is sort of what I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah. And going back to what you said, like, obviously, we experienced that success freshman year, like going to the Big Ten Championship, going to the Citrus Bowl. um, And then to kind of get away from those winning ways for a couple of years can be tough, especially when you as a player, you hold yourself to such a high standard. Obviously, the organization, our team held held ourselves to such a high standard. So, yeah, getting back to that and like getting back to those winning days, that'll be super exciting yeah and i'll ask the inverse to that question as well like going forward to the nfl what are you most nervous or unsure about i mean in this process
1: getting my ass kicked by someone which (laughs) will happen it's not it's (laughs) not an if but a when but i'm just sort of (laughs) dreading that initial ass kicking um and that happening yeah that's the biggest thing
0: (laughs) hey at least you're humble about it at least you're honest with yourself because if you're going to go in there and be like, yeah, I'm just going to instantly dominate in practice and in games, it's like, okay, like you're facing some grown ass men. That's the crazy thing about this NFL jump. Like in college, the age gap is like three to four years in the NFL. Like you're, are you 20, 21? I'm assuming,
1: right? 21, but there'll be guys in their mid thirties and everyone's the best, was the best at their college. And it's just, you know, it's,
0: yeah,
1: it's going to happen. So you just got to be ready for it.
0: Right. Dude, that is wild to think about. Like, you're literally going to be going up and playing with guys with like full families, like thirty-five year olds, like fully veteran, established. Yeah. Um, I think, but obviously, out. you're there for a reason.
1: Yeah, yeah. It definitely, freak out. Hundred percent. Like, having to be around guys like that, and like kind of being away from the like, college setting and being in a real like professional setting with people with families, like you said, is a little scary. But I'll be okay.
0: Yeah, it'll force you to grow up quick. Plus, I feel like you're already. Uh, ahead of your years and a mature guy. So I feel like the transition will be as seamless for you as it was in college. Um, so, yeah. Another transition that I wanted to talk about is I've been reading a lot of the mock drafts lately, obviously prepping for this. And some analysts talk about potentially sliding you back inside to the guard position versus staying outside of the tackle position. So I wanted to ask, like, have you ever played any position from high school on other than left tackle?
1: Uh, then, yeah the answer to that is no um and obviously like this topic has sort of dominated my life for the past couple of months um but you know I think like there's sort of this conventional wisdom that tackles I have to have a certain arm length um to them and um it's sort of like i guess I guess receivers are the same way like you have to have a certain height you know what i mean to be like a good receiver but there are people who prove that false and there are people who prove that false in the nFL because for tackle because let's be honest, there's way more to being a tackle than arm length, right? And there's way more to being a receiver than height. Um, So I think that to me is like, it's pretty motivating. Like, not that I'm like married to the idea of playing tackle in the NFL and I'll play wherever a team needs me to play, but I sort of want to be able to prove people wrong in that sense that I can play tackle, which I think I can, um, and sort of prove that, you know, some stupid measurement is not like what determines it. Um, but no, only, only play tackle in my career, which is why I think I can play it. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, I'm not, I'll play wherever a team needs to play.
0: Yeah. And I love how you say like a good tackle is not defined by their arm length or like a good quarterback is not defined by their height. Right. It's just like the conventional way that the average prospect looks like, obviously the conventional quarterback is going to be like six, two, at least six, three, but you have somebody who's going to go number two, probably Bryce Young, and he's 5'10". You have Kyler Murray, who's like 5'9". Baker Mayfield's like 5'11". There's always outliers, and there's people that go against the grain. And like, honestly, I'd even argue that there might be some advantages to being on the shorter end of some of these sticks, because I don't think any other quarterbacks that are above 6'2", 6'3", except maybe like Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson, are as fast and quick and agile as like a Kyler or as a Bryce Young. So there's always like – and maybe that's where some of your athleticism comes from because maybe you're not as tall or as long as the average tackle, but like is the average tackle able to move laterally like you? So there's all these trade-offs, you know? Every player is so individual.
1: Oh, I agree. I agree. And, you know, you can argue like leverage and stuff like that with blocks. Um, you know, I, there are tons and tons of tackles out there with super long arms who can't block anybody. And there are tons of tall quarterbacks out there who can't play. You know what I mean? So like <laughs> – if it matters so much, why did those guys exist? Right. So, yes, exactly. It's a lot exactly. People, it's a lot of people who don't know, understand football that well. And so they try to quantify it with certain measurables, stuff like that, um, which aren't totally irrelevant, but don't matter as much as some people value them.
0: I a hundred percent agree with you there. Just being a football fan, being a football player my whole life, like, yeah, the measurements the those go a long way, but the things you can't measure, the intangibles like yeah. the discipline, the work ethic, the mentality, those are the separating factors, right? Because you could be the most athletic guy in the world, but if you don't have the right priorities, you're not going to do shit, right? Whereas you could be the guy who's a bit undersized, a bit not as athletic, not as tall, but if you work every day and you have the right mindset like you can become you can exceed those players that have the natural talent. Um, and so I wanted to ask kind of going off of this, like you're extremely athletic for a guy, your size, like it's actually unbelievable to see like guys seeing this dude move in person at your size. It's like, that should not be a thing that should not be happening. Um, but I want to know, like, where does this come from as a kid? Like, I know you're a basketball player playing different sports. Like, have you always been this versatile athlete and do you always play line? I guess. Yeah, I mean, I was
1: always an offensive line. Um, yeah, I did play basketball up until my junior year of high school. Um, so I think that probably helped a little bit. Um, you know, I think part of it was just genetics. Like I you know, like I you know, came from a pretty athletic family, so just kinda had that going for me. Um, but you no, know, basketball helped and I think just putting an emphasis in my training on movement and, and movement efficiency also helps too, but yeah, I mean, it's just sort of – Genetics has to go into it too. So some things just, just happen. So, yeah. And did your parents – like what sports did your parents play? Did your dad play football? My dad played football in college. Um, my mom didn't play any sports. She was not an athlete. So, yeah, I mean, I guess my you know my dad and grandpa hadn't played and stuff like that. But other than that, my mom didn't play anything.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. So – Studying film, obviously, is like a huge aspect of your growth as a player. And I'm curious, like, have you ever looked back and watched any game film of your grandfather, like, to study, like, how he moves? Some of his yeah, like, stuff?
1: Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny because, like, I don't know, the left tackle, offensive line in general has changed a lot since the 1960s. Like, I think he played it as obviously like, 250 um, which you couldn't even really even get on the field if you were two fifty in college at offensive line, because um, it was so different. There were different rules in terms of like grabbing defensive players. Like you couldn't grab anybody. Like now we're taught like to grab here, grab pad. But, like you had to sort of block like this. Like you couldn't really grab anybody, just like, with your body and like moving your feet. Um, So, like, it, you know, I think even when he was at left tackle, he was, like, had his right foot back and, like, brought it up and then set. So, like, there were so, so many different things, like, wow. during that time period offensive line. Um, It's sort of hard to, like, take anything from it um, other from other than, you know, simple things like pad level and, like, getting off the ball. Um, but, like, specific technical stuff, it's hard to really get much from that. Um, it's way more of like some of those like things like hustling and getting downfield for blocks and pad level, stuff like that. But yeah, definitely a different game in terms of offensive line from when he played to now. These
0: are the things that the average football fan or even like myself who like I played in college, I don't know these little intricacies of the offensive line because all the attention is obviously like on the ball, it's on the quarterback, it's on the receiver, it's on the running back. And so like, I, I had no idea that, like, the size of linemen have changed. The rules of the linemen have changed. Yeah. Um, it's it's fascinating. So your
1: grand, your grandfather was only 250. What was his height? He was about 6'3", 6'3", 6'4". Yeah, they were all, like, they wouldn't even, really, in those days, like, no one really lifted weights because um, there was, like, a thin uh, – they believed it would, like, slow you down or, like, make you too tight and bulky. Um like his training was basically like, well, first of all, he had a regular job in the off season as an NFL player, but like his training was like, you play like handball and gyms, not like, you know, like handball where you hit it against the wall and like you have to go hit it. Yeah. Yeah. So like that for foot quickness. And like, I think there was like a, like a basketball team that he played on um, with like some of his teammates, but yeah, I mean, there was no real lifting or anything. It was just about being quick. Cause like you couldn't grab anybody, so you had to basically move your feet for everything. Um, so that was something that they trained, which is foot speed. Wow! Yeah,
0: it's wild how much the game can evolve. That's it's crazy, and even the salaries and the offseason stuff. Like, what was his job in the offseason? He uh
1: sold ring. You know, ever heard of Jostens, like the ring company? Um, no, no, I'm not. they they're still around, but like they he was a ring salesman basically. So he actually was like part of like selling the Packers the first Super Bowl ring because he was like the representative for the ring company. <laughs> but no, tons of guys. Pretty much, most guys had jobs in the off season, unless yeah. you were like Bart Starr, who made enough where he didn't need to. But um, no, that was definitely pretty common. then, was just having a job.
0: It's so crazy. It's it's crazy how much can happen just in two generations. How much the sport can just explode For and sure. the salaries explode. For sure, it's absolutely wild. And so, I, okay, I'm, you're not going to really take much from watching your grandfather play because the game has changed so much, but. Who are some players now in a league that you grew up watching or like you like to study a lot now?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I think the first one that comes to mind is Rashawn Slater because he was at Northwestern and I, you know, he's a friend of mine now and I learned a lot from him. Um, we also kind of just have similar frames in terms of size. Um, so I think that it's always someone who I always kind of gravitate towards in terms of watching. Um, you know, Joe Thomas is like the goat left tackle. Um, so I obviously kind of watched a ton of him and what he does and because he's, you know, you know first ballot Hall of Famer, left tackle, which is kind of unheard of. Um, you know, being a Packers fan, you know, watching David Batiari is one of the top tackles in the league. Um, and just watching him, you know, he's so good at what he does. And, you know, kind of just anyone really. Um, it's just kind of cool to see how different guys sort of win reps and what works for them because um, it's not like a uniform technique. You know what I mean? In terms of O-line, everyone's sort of taught some different things and find different ways to win reps. So I think it's cool seeing guys, what they do and what works for them.
0: Yeah, and I think the Rashawn comparison is so cool because it's like literally a two-year gap. He played at Northwestern. He was looked at as potentially being undersized for the tackle position, and he just goes in and just fucking dominates. Like it's so cool to see. And he's also similar to yourself, like such a humble, down-to-earth, good guy. Which is also awesome to see. I remember my first week in workouts. Rashawn was still actually, I think he was still on the team at this point before he decided to take the year off because of COVID. And I didn't have a lifting partner, and so this is me, like five five nine hundred seventy five pound freshman walk on Jack. Like I don't have a lifting partner, and Coach Lucius, or I think it was Spanos. He pairs me up with Rashawn for split squats. <laughs> and uh Rashawn's like, yeah, let's work in together. I was like, oh fuck. Like this dude is three hundred and thirty pounds, just a monster. And I'm split squatting like I'm I'm using fifty pound weights and I'm like struggling out here. And Rashawn picks up like a hundred fifty. And I'm like, dude, what did I just walk
1: into? This yeah. is this is crazy stuff. No, he's he's like that, but like he's just like very humble and down to earth and um not cocky or anything at all, just like as the same like he just loves football and loves loves to play online and just chill. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's it's such a cool comparison and I'm expecting like the same things out of you. Um I do want to wrap it up with a uh, a speed round here, sure. if you're cool with it. A couple couple quick questions. So after this contract is signed, you you sign the dotted lines, you're in the NFL, you're on a team, like what is the first thing you're gonna buy?
1: Yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, like, unfortunately, <laughs> fortunately, I grew up in like a good family. We were well off. Like, don't need to buy anyone anything, like with my parents or siblings. Um, I don't know. I'll probably be saving a lot of the money, to be honest. Like, I don't have anything that really sticks out to me. Um, I do probably at some point, I'm going to need, like, a new car because I drive a 2008 Honda Pilot right now, which is pretty beat up. <laughs> so maybe something like that, but I'm not a big car guy, so it won't be anything crazy, but. I guess, like, out of necessity, I'll need to get something along those lines. I love it. I love it. What's your favorite go-to pregame meal? Pregame meal. Um, Well, you know, we did not really have many options in terms of pregame meal. Um, (laughs) Right. really simple. You know what I mean? Like, anything, like, not a ton of flavor. Like, I'd always, like, have, like, the bland pasta with no sauce or anything. Just, like, the bland chicken. Um yeah, um yeah like something i can get down easy because i'm always feeling nervous and my stomach's kind of turning so like nothing too yes. like out there in terms of flavor
0: dude that's that's funny because that's exactly how i approach the podcast it's like uh, i'm gonna be too nervous i just need to eat very bland the whole day <laughs> yeah, it's, it's right. funny right um, <laughs>
1: how about post game post game something greasy probably um in high school i used to do either uh you know barnaby's pizza yeah, yeah, yeah. I do yeah, Barnaby's yeah. or, like, uh, taco burrito king. if you ever heard of that. Um, um, if I'm here, I don't know, something like 10Q or, you know, something, you know, pizza or something like that, you know, something not healthy at all.
0: Classic. Cla- yeah, it's the pregame bland and then the postgame just absolute oh, feast. Yeah, just I used to do, like,
1: man,
0: yeah. dude, I think I used to do, like, five cheeseburgers in a milkshake at McDonald's yep. in high school, which like, yep. just horrible. But it's, like, you earned it. <laughs> you earned it. it yeah. <laughs> any weird
1: superstitions you have like pregame? Um, not really. Usually like, this is a good question because I always have like, I always feel very superstitious. Like, so obviously I'll say a couple of prayers before a game. Like I usually say about three Hail Marys, but like, I don't like to be superstitious about that with like religion, but, um, usually I'm superstitious about like how I feel during warmups. Like, Usually, I'm okay if I feel like shit during warmups. So like I'm okay if I'm a little sloppy in drills, because like that means I'll get together during the game. Um, so I almost like don't want to feel that good as a superstition during warm Um I don't know. I I've always like tried not to be that way um, in terms of superstitions, but I, it's hard. You know, it's so hard not to be. Um, yeah. yeah. So it varies. Got it.
0: Favorite purchase under a hundred dollars that you've ever made. Purchase
1: under a hundred dollars. Um, I mean, I could think of like food if that counts. <laughs> Classic. Yes. <That> is food. <laughs> oh, shoot, I don't know anything like tangible I've made under a hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, you give me the impression you're not a very materialistic guy. You no,
1: know, I just like I spend most of my money on like food. You know what I mean? Like food. <laughs> like, that's yeah. What, that's yeah. what I spend my money on. It's um, valid. I have there are, uh, are Tex here that I offer myself, but I, they're not under $100, unfortunately. But <laughs> that's been my recent favorite purchase that counts.
0: I love it. Everything goes into football. It's like an investment in your, yourself. Yeah, like the food is an like investment sugar, in yourself. Yeah, yeah totally. Totally. Uh, last one. What advice would you give to your younger self, your younger high school self, who's just starting off playing football?
1: Um, you know, I think I I give the advice to just keep working hard and keep falling in love with the game, and don't be satisfied with who you are as a player, and just keep working.
0: I love it. Dude, this was really fun getting to catch up
1: with you, yeah. especially before
0: your life is about to, to change forever. So I'm super excited to see where things take you and where you end up. I'm hoping for the Bears as a Chicago well, fan.
1: I hope so too. Um, but I think could change their mind about the whole arm like thing, maybe it would be better. But that is what it is. But, yeah, I appreciate you having <laughs> me on. Man. I really enjoyed it.
0: Sweet. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time, man. This was fun. Yes, sir.